Hello and welcome to Little Birdie's Friday Lines. I'm your host, OB. I've had a week off, a little sojourn. Scooty's effort last week was a little bit like the Bombers, wasn't up to scratch, so I brought myself off the bench. And joining me today is MG for AFL and Top Rope for the NRL to preview all AFL Round 2 and NRL Round 3 for Season 2022. Friday Lines is brought to you by Little Birdie TV and topsport.com.au, punting form and manscaped. All your essential, essential items for life covered right there. Uh, welcome, NG. Thanks, OB. Good to have you back, mate. Scooty was uh, a little over the top last week when he's a little too excited to be back in the chair and uh, now a uh, bit of calmness at the top prevails. That's good. He uh, he did text me during the week to see if I was available. I think he was just getting a little bit itchy, but I said, mate, you're out. I'm back. <laughs> and top rope, how, how things are up there in uh, the land of rugby league? Uh Things were always uh, bright and shining in the land of rugby league, OP, but uh, also just pleased, a uh, bit of a rumour you'd been Jimmy Hoffard and uh, we were never going to see you again after a week, but uh, uh, Scooty didn't put the firewash on you, back in the chair, and we're all pleased to have you. Well, I'm pretty sure Scooty would uh, like to be here, but anyway, we've, we've turfed him out, and uh, the, the greatest game of all, shooting the lights out, four out of five last week. Yeah, big week, big week, we got up, uh, a bit over nine units uh, on turnover there, we had a... Uh, a real good week with a real good angle, and we've got uh, uh, one fulfilling uh, the early season money. Home underdogs first four rounds plus four or more. So uh, I think you might enjoy this one as well, I think. Beautiful. And uh, George Burgess just up to uh, up to no good. Can't catch the ball, and he's uh, yeah, his hands are just hands like feet again. <laughs> <laughs> George, it's hard to know what's 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 a more obvious uh, play here. Uh, Going after the Burgesses or going after St George Fords, but uh, uh, both uh, very much on brand with uh, this latest charge. But I saw he was uh, he was named during the week, but didn't play last night. So obviously the the NRL uh, stand down policy might have come into effect there. Uh, not yet. St George named him before it all kind of come to I guess the public light. Anyway, uh, once a bit more information was garnered, uh, they they dropped him kind of two days before uh, before kickoff and said he wasn't going to play. So. Um, look, it may come into play, may not come into play, but he certainly won't be uh, uh, anywhere near the side. I wouldn't have thought until uh, until they are anywhere kind of close to a conclusion on, on, on this issue. Um, mainly, uh, they don't want to tarnish their brand, uh, much like the uh, Jack DeBellin incident, but uh, uh, he's also not a very good player, so he probably would have been touching <laughs> for running back. Made it easy for them. <laughs> well, there's nothing like uh, uh, being uh, being highly principled when you're dropping a shit player, is there? That's right. And I, uh, I read your column during the week, and we'll touch on it a bit later. But uh, my favourite player at the moment, Matt Burton, just uh, continues to kick goals, and he's just um, I think he's saving Trent Barrett week by week. Oh, like the the job Matt Burton's doing with the uh, yeah the VRC handicap has given him the top weight of having to carry Trent Burton. And his inept ideas around. Remarkable. Imagine, imagine how good a player he's going to be when he gets a coach. <laughs> oh, I love it. I can't help but just throw a few Canterbury drives in there every now and again. Uh, MG, big week for the AFL. The tribunal probably didn't get it right. I don't think the, uh, I don't think the jury have uh, have read the rules and regs um, at AFL land. But, uh, yeah, what did you, you make of all that during the week? Well, I was gonna. I mean, that's my question for you. They're not clearly not on the same page. I'm not sure the communication lines are uh, either being adhered to or whatever. But the, I'm not sure how can the AFL come out and say we don't agree with the decision, but either not 
fire in a protest or, or you know, I understand they want an independent body, but, you know, they've all got to be singing from the same hymn book. You know, is it a case of just the AFL love having uh, discussion in the media? It's almost like they're going up against the NRL and they said, let's just keep the tribunal the way it is. It's a mess, but the, all the media channels, everyone, TV, radio, and now we're obviously talking about it as well, they had four decisions. Uh, to be fair, they probably went close to 0 for 4 in terms of maybe what they should have done or could have done. Well, I think um, just to put it in into context, you know, I feel for Michael Christian this week. Uh, he has got the tribunal guidelines, which you've got to adhere to. Yep. He did that. The jury's obviously seen it differently. Maybe some of the um, the arguments um, from, from each club or each player might have swayed the jury slightly. But um, the Sloan one, making contact with the face, has always been a faux pas. So you probably that's probably a weak – I think a fine feels yep. right about that one. Um, yeah. The, the, the one for me, look, Rioli, was he contesting the ball? Wasn't he contesting the ball? It's here, you know, it's sort of six to one, half a dozen the other. If you ask 100 people, it's probably 51 yeah. to 49, uh, whichever way you land. We do have to protect the head. So that's, um, you know, as Billy Brownlee used to say, I think it's sacrosanct. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, the, the, the one for mine was the Draper one. Um, I, I just don't think, I think Dermot Burton summed it up well on a, on a, on a rival show um, that he said that, the, the the action to cause the most injury or the action to hurt a player was Draper's, but he got a fine. Yep. There was no, you know, oh, the, the the cheap shots, the the gut punches, oh, I, I thought the AFL were trying to stamp those out. That was the one to me that was just a little bit, you know, I, I, I couldn't quite make you know, great sense of that one. Yep. Um, and, you know, Draper's a big 110-kilo man. He's, you know, six foot eight, yeah. almost seven foot. That, that's going to hurt. Asava Radigalia was opened up. Yeah. Um, so well, it did hurt him. I mean, he went right. down like a sack of potatoes and it obviously hurt him through the game. Um, so, you know, I, I think from the AFL point of view, they had a chance. Early in the season, you've got to make your stands, right? I mean, in the practice matches, they, they wanted to make a big stance about no more to the umpires from the players. And, you know, they went overboard in especially one match. But yeah. we spoke about that. It made a statement. Absolutely. And I think uh, and the AFL gets a big tick from that because we've seen very little uh, in the first first round and one game um, where there's, you know, and the players are actually, you can see themselves checking themselves, right? Absolutely. I think there's, it's been very good outcome in the game. Yep. The cheap shots, they should have stamped him right then, giving him maybe go maybe go harder the other way. Uh, one should have been what it should have been, I yep. think, but they could have really put a two or a three on him and said, this is just no more for this season. Now they've let it go. Now they can't stop it. They can't turn around next week or this week or whatever when the same incident happens and then go, oh, hang on, this is not a good look for the game. They missed the opportunity. They didn't get it done. Um, and and for the Robinson one, I just I know the motion, the action, and everything like that. But you know, all of a sudden he's been suspended for hitting someone in the shoulder. Like I know it's close to the head, and you could say yes, millimeters the other way and stuff like that. But he's tried to stop. I'm not sure what else he could have done. You know, I feel for the bloke, and I just wonder if it wasn't maybe someone like Robinson, they might have found a way out as well. I just think maybe he's not less, not in the picked on car, car, category, but yeah, I think it was a different player, maybe a, a fairer player if you like. I've got nothing against Robinson, but I think he was a bit harshly done by. Yeah, and the, the, those arguments are always there around, you know, sort of um, certain players that might get uh, might get categorised. Yeah. But we'll, uh, we'll move to on-field action. Fantastic game last night. Quick, free-flowing yeah. football, lots of goals, lots of possessions, the good players standing up. Uh, and it was Carlton 102 to the Western Bulldogs 90. 
Bulldogs probably had their opportunities late, seven straight behinds to finish the game. Yeah. Um, you know, Norton, Hannon, uh, you know, Waitman, uh, Eugle, Hagen, Trelaw, all missed sort of gettable, gettable goals yeah. by their standards. But, um, yeah, what we can't uh, underestimate was um, was Carlton, just their run and dash off half back. And, look, the, the Bulldogs, you know, their one maybe weakness was is their leg speed yeah. a little bit. Um, and I think Carlton exposed that last night. I, I thought their half backs um, – you know, Williams, Saar, Doherty, Newman. Um, and then, you know, you've got Cripps and Walsh and, you know, Hewitt has been fantastic pickups. Only been two rounds, but already he's showing his worth. So um, really good game of football under the under the roof at Marvel, under the sexy scoreboards. It was um, <laughs> it was uh, it was good for the game. Yeah, I think that, I mean, we're getting back to, you know, I guess football from maybe 10 plus years ago now, isn't it? Or maybe even 15 years ago. Now, you know, this is how I think the fans and the viewing public and everything and the players probably want to play football. You know, I mean, you know, if, if you look at it like the Bulldogs and said at the start of the game, we're going to go out and score 90 points, nine times out of 10, they say, well, we've won the game. You know, on, right. on, on, on recent history, they, yep. you know, they would have said, well, well, we've held Carlton to 60 or 70 points. We've got the job done. But they go out and they've, they've been scored against by over 100, which Carlton have now done for two straight weeks. What I like about Carlton so far, and it's only two weeks, but they've played reasonable um, sides on paper, is that they run hard off the halfback, but they're not running over the top, though. You know, they've kind of got a bit of substance behind their defence. And if they do turn the ball over, which they, they're going to do sometimes, that they're not leaving themselves open where they just get scored against so easily. So, you know, I, I think that's working well for Carlton. So they're, they're working more team with substance and working for each other instead of just worried about, you know, who, who's getting on the end of it or something like that. And everyone rushes forward when they get the ball. So I like that. Uh, out of the middle, again, Carlton were just unbelievable. Um, you know, dogs have always talked about how they've, you know, their six or eight midfielders are unbelievable. Carlton absolutely torched them out of the midfield. And again, just exposed in the ruck. And, and you know, we said this week one hasn't changed. It's been going on for a couple of years now. You know, Beveridge has got to change his... Uh, is his philosophy about the Ruckman because they are just getting murdered out of the middle and especially in the first half when the game was there to be won and that's when Carlton won it. I know the Bulldogs come back late, but, you know, out, out of the middle was disastrous for the Bulldogs and, you know, I know they've got some good players in there, but Cripps and Walsh just absolutely torched them. Pitnet as well. I mean, you got you got issues in all seriousness, nothing against Pitnet, but if he's murdering you in the Ruck, you've got issues. He's had a uh, good start of the year, Pitnet. Yeah, um, yeah, I had sort of Nan Curvis and Soldo last week and then uh, English this week, so... Um, yeah, I think Beveridge has to sort of rate the Ruckman a little bit more. And they probably have to get their hands dirty a little bit. I know yeah. Liberatore is playing more sort of that that uh, forward, um, yeah. you know, the forward hunter, as they sort of call it now in footy. But, um, yeah, they just need to get their hands dirty a little bit. They've got some beautiful players in there in Trelaw and Bontempelli and uh, and Hunter and the like. But yeah. um, And they look they look good when, when it's working for them. But as you said, they need a blue collar in there. Liber is that man. And they need someone that's going to go and – and put Crips or Walsh to the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Not just let them run out with clean shorts, yeah, in my opinion. That's right. So, and, and the one for me is Taylor Duray. I'm not sure where he's at, but he he just sort of provides a little bit more sort of grunt in the back half. Like uh, I think in the first half last night, uh, 53% uh, from uh, Carlton entries they scored from, yeah. which is a huge number. Yeah, yeah. In the second half, I think it was down to about 32%. So, um, yeah, they've got to sort of clean that up. And that's where Taylor Duray, he beautiful kick, wins his own footy, but he's, he's, he's tough, can probably um, – can probably strength them up there in that area. Yeah, no, uh, Bulldogs got some work to do. Oh, and two, got a tough match coming up next Thursday as well. So, you know, there could be problems at the Bulldogs, not throwing in the towel. They've got a good side and they should make finals. 
Carlton's next two weeks now are uh, looking pretty good with Hawthorne and the Gold Coast. So It'll be four uh, and zip, the boys. They've got, a, they've got a, actually a very good draw, Carlton, this year. When you look at it in its entirety, they've got a very, very good draw. And, you know, they, they can reach that 4-0 and confidence up. They've got most of their players back now. It's great to see the forwards working together. We haven't mentioned that, Mackay. That's right. And... Uh, Charlie Kerno, nine between them. Yeah. Um, that, it's awesome for it, isn't it? Because that's what they had a couple of years ago before. Kerno's had his issues, yep. um, but he kicked that goal from the boundary. He's just, he just looks like he's he's yeah. up and about. And let's not def- uh, forget to Conning in that. He's sort of he, he's two hundred centimeters. Yeah. So he sort of so someone has to defend him. So it just sort of frees them up a little bit. Um, you know, Kerno's a, a terrific player, uh, gifted, skilled. Um, it's probably the injuries that have held him back. Mackay looks like he's got the continuity from last year. So, yeah, um, yeah Carlton, the, you know, I think now we can sort of smell what they're cooking. Uh, yeah, they're you know, going well. Yes, yeah, so they're going all it right. It also but, highlights that third forward I think we spoke about before the show that when you mentioned um, the conning there, that they create that chaos, absolutely. don't they, that balance there where yep. the Bulldogs don't have it. Because they're missing Bruce, all of a sudden if it's not Norton and it falls to Eugle, that's all they have. You know, so, Absolutely. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, from one beautiful game last night, played under the roof in – pristine sporting <laughs> conditions uh, to round three of the NRL, Dragons versus the Sharks in absolutely atrocious, well, sorry, I'll say atrocious, but it's normal Sydney conditions, uh, normal New South Wales conditions, but Cronulla prevailing 36 to 12 uh, over the Dragons. Uh, top rope, anything you, uh, anything uh, glaring come out of the game? Uh, yeah, how quickly St George capitulated, how much uh, uh, they absolutely went to water, as I say. Uh, Sharks came out firing quite early game. Uh, then St George had Jaden Sewer sent to the Simbin for the second straight week. Another debatable Simbin. Dragons have been sucking again. Uh, and for those who know the rugby league, know that uh, <laughs> no one managed the game better than Jared Sutton. So well done to him. He's, he's got another one on the books. Uh, and, and St George has absolutely folded like a cheap, uh, cheap table there. So, uh, yeah, coming out of the game, yeah, so George had been pretty impressive through the first couple of weeks. Uh, really didn't handle the conditions at all well. Um, particularly some concern around their fullback, Terrell Sloan. He's kind of been touted as a, you know, a bit of a live wire, but he he's struggles running the ball back are becoming more and more of an issue, and that obviously kind of showed itself in, in, in wet weather. And his tackling was absolutely horrendous last night. Probably not what you want from the last line of defence. There's a a famous uh, French rugby league player from the uh, 1950s called uh, Puy Aubert, one of the greats of the game. And Puy said, uh, I'm a fullback. Tackling's not my job. And he used to uh, smoke cigarettes at fullback. And if they'd uh, break through the line, he'd just guide them on through and let them score a try. He was a wonderful goal kicker and, uh, uh, and ball runner, but he was having nothing to do with the tackling. He'd just rather sit in the back and smoke darts. And Tyrrell Sloan looked like he put up a similar defence last night when... Uh, when the Sharks broke through. So a few concerns there for the Dragons. And uh, which Zach Lomax turned up last night? <laughs> well, just the, the regularly inept Zach Lomax, not the horrifically inept Zach Lomax that we saw the week before. Uh, also, how I probably helped on um, the Twitter feed, I probably wasn't four or five ones deep last, this week either. So he got the bit more of a uh, bit more of an easy run. But, uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty horrific showing from, from Lomax. And, yeah, I don't know if Jimmy's and George or the Royal players who can hold their head up high. On the other side, we talked at the start of the year the Sharks might be some value. Yeah, they've, they've, I think it's fair to say we could already tick up the buy of the year to, to the Sharks with Nico Hines. He 
you know, his goal kicking was magnificent. He sums up the game beautifully. Yeah, even just that last try there, he just put his head down, went to the line, broke through about six tackles to get there. Yeah, just a really impressive player and might be one of the, the, the few former Storm players to actually thrive away from the Storm. And uh, just on goal kicking, it hasn't been, uh, hasn't been fantastic to start the year? Uh, no, first two weeks, 62%. So uh, normally you're kind of seeing goal kicking at around the 78 80% mark, 62%. So has certainly played a role in uh, the first two weeks, the under-hitting 15 to 16 games. We saw an over last night. We saw Hines significantly improved uh, with his goal kicking, particularly in the, in the conditions. He was spotting them from everywhere. So uh, I expect we'll kind of see some regression back to, to the average kind of in the next little bit. But, uh, yeah, first first two weeks really really poor. As a uh, as a young boy growing up watching Daryl Halligan, um, I, I sort of uh, I don't don't uh, don't like seeing too many people miss the goal kicking. And uh, Halligan was was one of the best, wasn't he? He was the absolute greatest. Uh, they've come along, they've, they've kind of kicked, uh, kicked more points than Halligan, but there was no one better. He was purely in the side for his goal kicking, and uh, yeah, there was probably no better, more clutch goal kicking performance than Daryl Halligan in the '98 preliminary final against Parramatta. Dogs down 18-2 with 11 to go. Score three times. He slots a conversion from uh, from the right on the sideline after full time to uh, send the game to extra time. And the Bulldogs marched onto the grand final. Beautiful. Great. And just one more for uh, for us down here in uh, in AFL land. Uh, Jermaine Asako, uh, one week at the Broncos, the next week at the Titans. Is that uh, is that sort of uh, the norm? Oh, I know. Yeah, having lived in Melbourne and worked at the AFL. Uh, I know how much uh, player movement really, really gets the gets the goats of AFL types. Uh, I have noted though that free agency and you just seem to be trading really nearly these days. But still, probably a little something there, but uh, not really the norm to happen after round two. But it's certainly becoming more and more more and more prevalent. There's no point in keeping it the Broncos. Uh, it'll free up some salary cap space, which the Broncos will then be able to use next year. Asako wasn't getting a run. Asako is a terrible footballer. Asako probably won't get a run at the Titans. So uh, well played by the Broncos uh, and probably utter stupidity from the Titans. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we'll move into uh, the AFL uh, for this week. And uh, MG, uh, Sydney versus Geelong, 7.50, Friday night, SCG. Stroll down from the Paddington RSL. Beautiful up there. Uh, Head-to-head. Swans a dollar eighty three, Geelong two oh two, the line minus two and a half, uh, over under one forty six point five. Uh, what are you thinking uh, tonight, Friday night at the SCG? Yeah, looking forward to this one, OB. This is uh, you know two sides that made the top six last year. Um, both had very good wins, I think, at round one. Uh, although probably I, I favoured Sydney's performance more, beating the Giants the way they did, uh, coming over the top rather than taking too much out of the Geelong. Uh, 11 goal win over Essendon. They couldn't do any more, but I just think Essendon probably didn't. Uh, well, they definitely didn't rock up the first half. So, going up to Sydney uh, this week for Geelong, we'll definitely test them. Uh, and obviously, as we've just touched on before, you topped up with top rope that the uh, weather's not uh, well. The weather's normal in Sydney, but not <laughs> kind for uh, Melbourneites. We're not used to that much rain. But we saw anyone who watched the rugby league last night it was unbelievable. And uh, it's I think it's still continuing today. How much we get tonight? They're thinking maybe around the the one to three, but who knows in Sydney that could mean ten to twenty. So the total actually opened one sixty in this game. Ob okay. fell as uh, I think it got it to as low as one forty two, one forty three. It's just bouncing back a bit now. So 
around the 145 or 146. So my suggestion on the total is I think the the overs play, I think it has to creep back up with the, with the amount of probably uh, rain that's maybe not forecast okay. the original one from that. You have seen some money for Geelong. It was kind of a solid four for a couple of days there to Sydney, and now she's come back back to two. So there is a bit of money for Geelong. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't have a bet in the, in the game, but I just favour Sydney. I can't go away from them at home. I think they've got a lot on the line. Uh, you know, nothing against the Franklin. You know, might be tough conditions. Although he is a great wet weather footballer, isn't he? So four may not be beyond him, but. Yeah, I think this is a good test for Geelong, actually, going up there. You know, if they, if they can go up to Sydney uh, the way it's set up and get the victory, I think, um, you know, people will not take notice because they keep making top fours and top sixes. But, you know, a lot, a lot like every year, I guess, a lot of people think that Geelong will decline and, and this is a victory that kind of they can put a uh, the, the flag in the ground kind of thing. But I think it's going to be tough. I, I prefer to be on Sydney. Um you know, even though the stats, you know, give Geelong a really good chance, they've won uh, four out of the last five v Sydney, and the outsider in this contest has actually won five of the six. So um, maybe that's why a bit of Geelong money there. Uh, like the ins for, for Sydney, they get back Lloyd, who's obviously, uh, I think, their average highest possession getter. Yep, just a ball pig. Yeah, they get Warner in with a bit of speed. So they're only missing Papley and Laddams now, who hasn't, who's obviously come across. Uh, Cameron is listed for Geelong. So I, 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 I can't see him playing. I, yeah. I, I can't see it. You know, hit pointer, it's round two. You know, what, what, what's, what's the point? Uh, I see Mitch Duncan's back. Fantastic yep. footballer, Mitch Duncan. Severely underrated. Yeah. Um, Might test him in the heavy conditions first up if he's missed a bit of football, but he, he's a. He's a pro, isn't he? That's right. And see, um, Sean Higgins rested after one week. I don't, <laughs> don't know about that. But and if you look at their emergencies, you know they've got Narkel there as well, and and Siegler for a bit of bit of height and bit of security. So I can't imagine uh, Jeremy Cameron playing, but uh, Geelong do do some funny things. Um, but yeah, Jake Lloyd back in, and um, if you as a betting man, what will Franklin kick the thousandth? Tonight, or will it have to I don't uh, think wait so. till round three? I think that it'll it'll land perfectly for the AFL. He'll he'll kick three. Uh, and I think someone mentioned in the media this week that he'll probably kick a, at least one behind when he's on the 999. <laughs> uh, it'd be pretty funny actually seeing the crowd run out there if he does kick a point and it's slippery conditions. There might be some people going ass over. But um, I think I, I think he'll kick two or three um, and, and then they'll build it up for another week. Unfortunately, it won't be at the SCG where he gets to kick it. But maybe he gets a shot on it tonight. I'm not sure. It all depends how, yeah. you know, how the game's going. But I, I just think if it, if it is wet and it's low scoring, there's probably not too many goals in the game. So... Um, odds are probably against him. MJ, I would have thought that he would have got to a thousand a little quicker based on how quick he got to hundred. Different style of game, <laughs> though. Top rope now, you know. It's... I think we're talking about different things as well. Top rope, but we'll leave that one there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would have loved, from an AFL point of view, GWS Sydney round one, Sydney home game round two. I would have loved Hawthorne Sydney round three. Yep. Just just in case he he doesn't doesn't quite like get that. there, and um, that's what I would have liked as a as a sort of Hawthorne and football. Fan, but uh, uh, your yeah, final tip bad. and and uh, what bet would you be would you be having? If you I'd be looking one? for the the smaller margin, but if I was going to have one better, be Sydney the one to twenty four margin. I think I think it'll be close enough, but yeah, I, I lean Sydney's way at home. Okay, our second match for closer observation: Essendon versus Brisbane, four thirty five Saturday at Marvel Stadium. Uh, Essendon two dollars eighty after last week's uh, capitulation against Geelong. Brisbane very good against Port. They're a dollar forty five. The line is 15 and a half over and under 173.5 at a fast deck at Marvel. Uh, yeah, interesting matchup here. I'm not sure, you know, the Bombers have to bounce back. Um, you know, Stringer's back. Um, you know, the, the the rising star from last week's gone into uh, health and safety <laughs> protocols. Poor kid. Um, but 
you know, they return to the dome. They're quick. They're they're active. Um, Brisbane, I saw they've named Zorko, which is absolutely staggering uh, for mine. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. To see how Stringer goes. He didn't play any VFL last week. Yeah. Had a conditioning session instead. Um, so probably a bit of a bit of a uh, a message sent to him there that he has to sort of get a little bit fitter and a little bit a little bit uh, tougher. Um, but anyway, what's uh, what's your yeah. initial thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with the Zorko. I think a bit like Jeremy Cameron. I just think after also after round one, you know, players obviously a bit sore. Uh, it's hard to condition for for actual football games, so they're probably just going to give him every chance. But like Cameron, if there's any uh, is there any doubt on Zorko, then they they won't risk him for sure. Um, I wouldn't have thought. Their string is an interesting case. You know, Essen obviously feel like they're under a bit of pressure. They've got a tough start. We know they've got Melbourne next week as well, OB. So, you know, um, I mean, string is going to come in and they're probably going to ask him to play midfield minutes and forward because they need a bull in the middle as well. So I'd be watching for Stringer to absolutely blow up after about <laughs> five or ten minutes into the first quarter. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much actual game minutes they can get out of him and also how much they get out of him in the midfield, you know, because... What they what they dished up in the first half to Geelong last week in the midfield was uh, nothing short of disgraceful, really. And so they they need those guys to lift in there. I know they racked up the possessions; they look pretty on the stat sheets. Merritt, McGrath, and uh, Parish, but unfortunately, where it needs to be one in the kitchen, you know, they they went missing. Um, and and Stringer will bring that to them, but I'm just not sure <laughs> how long into the game he's going to bring them for them. So you know, and they're going up against Brisbane, who are pretty polished. You know, they got a solid midfield. Um, they play the dome well. I went to the preseason game where they played the Bulldogs. I thought that was a, a good level. Um, as you said, it'd be a fast deck. You know, I, I think Brisbane in the betting wise, they opened around that 11, 11 point mark, and I think that was probably a little. You know, I think I think it was more 15, 16 point kind of margin, which is where it is now. So from a line point of thing, I think the bookies have found the, the two way price point. So I couldn't really direct uh, the punters in there. I think Brisbane will carry a lot of multi money this week. Uh, the play, the play that we did bet early, they put up the total of one sixty and a half. You never want to go out and mouse something that they may have got it wrong or something like that. But how this game wasn't at least north of one seventy okay. um, really surprised me at the dome. Uh, and last year, these these two teams were high scoring games, uh, high scoring teams. Essendon were fourteen and nine against the uh, under over, and Brisbane was sixteen and eight. So, you know, hev- heavily to the over. So I think now it's reached about one seventy two, one seventy three, which I. I think it should have been, uh, but I'm, I was pretty keen on the over there. Oh yeah, I know you're a Brisbane fan, and I know you like the the lines. I, I just thought uh, Essendon were a little bit overs at the sort of yep. the 280, 290 mark. I just think yep. after last week, back on a you know a, a quick deck, Brisbane Brisbane were great against Port Adelaide, but you know now people are sort of questioning Port Adelaide. So, yep. I, really intriguing game this for me. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, th- I think the value right now, OB, if you're looking to bet, which obviously a lot of people will do tomorrow and stuff like that, is that uh, I think the value definitely lies with Essendon. They're going to have to come out and breathe some kind of fire. Their fans were uh, not short of putting the memberships in the microwave like a few <laughs> other teams like to do early doors, but uh, that they'll definitely need a better showing. It's just whether they've actually got the, the class and the, the scoring power against Brisbane that they're going to need in this game to get the job done. As we move to the third game uh, that we're looking at today, uh, Richmond versus GWS, 3.20 Sunday at the MCG. Richmond, 2.10. GWS, $1.76 at the MCG. The line's five and a half, over and under, one sixty-six and a half there. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about this. I'm uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think people have jumped off Richmond pretty quickly. Uh, no Dusty? Or Dusty's... In the balance, I guess. Well, yeah, look, I don't think he'll play. No, I don't think um, he'll play. But, uh, yeah, he's having a couple of days off for, for personal leave, which, um, you know, 
hopefully uh, things are all right there with with Dusty. We need to see the good players out there, and hopefully uh, he's on the improve and, and gets uh, yeah. gets himself right uh, asap. Um, but yeah, I, I think people have jumped off the Tigers a little bit quickly. Yeah, well, I definitely entertained them last week against Carlton, uh, and you know, what are we uh, a goal into the last quarter we're up twenty points, and I thought, you know, this is getting off to uh, how most people would thought the uh, Richmond Carlton games get off to, but Carlton ran over and kicked in the last seven, so that was disappointing for uh, Richmond supporters there. I, I just think, I mean, the betting started Richmond two point favourites in this game, and now it's flipped the other way to the Giants minus five. Largely, that's obviously to Dusty uh, being out. Um, and, and also for the ins for the, the the Giants as well. I think Hogan's a, yep. a really important player for for the Giants coming in just with team balance and stuff. He might be a little underdone. The other player I've got to make mention is Haynes. Haynes Good is player. like he, you know, he's the glue down back. He has been for you know I don't know how many years now, six or eight at least. Um, you know, so I think they've got two really important players. All of a sudden, the Giants don't have much. Uh, of an injury list at all. They've got Green, obviously, for his suspension. Daniels is probably the only one that would be uh, on their side, whereas Richmond now, you know, obviously Dusty coming out on top of Prestia really hurts their midfield, who were struggling anyway week one. You saw how Carlton tore it up. So the Giants midfield should be able to feast on Richmond. I think that's the way it is, and I think the betting will... I'm not sure it'll go too much further, but I don't think it'll drag back to Richmond. The stats will always say Richmond have won, uh, you know, they've very good MCG record except for last year. Head to head, the Giants don't play the MCG well. Richmond have won the last six, but without Dusty, um, you know that counterbalances a few of these stats that you can throw up. So, uh, I'm, I'm keen on the Giants, not necessarily at the price, just for the win. I, I think I think they're going to have too much depth for Richmond, too much speed as well. And I think now with Hogan back at one end, Haynes at the other, I think they have too much scoring. And we uh, shout out to uh, Braden Bruce, who uh, is at his third club, and I think he's making his debut for the Giants. Uh, which, yeah. Uh, well overdue um, after a shoulder injury last year, but he'll he'll provide the grunt, sort of that that Mumford style uh, in there because they they were sort of mauled by Hickey last week. Um, yeah, young young Flynn in there. So as we look at the premiership markets for topsport.com.au, uh, Melbourne there at four dollars. Brisbane have sort of come into the sevens uh, as second favourite, and the Bulldogs at eight fifty. Geelong at ten dollars, and everyone's sort of been uh, been kept nice and safe there behind them, but. Uh, any any main market moves? Yeah, blues, your 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 blues in the fifteen bucks there. Is anyone everyone jumping on? Just they're getting short quick. No, I I think obviously the Bulldogs are probably a little bit unders now. The bookies are, are keeping pretty short, only at eight fifty with a tough tough uh, game next week. But yeah, not not too much. I think Melbourne and the Brisbane, but uh, yeah, may, maybe the Sydney and the Giants are probably a little bit of value for me. Beautiful. Well, thank you, uh, MG. Uh, punters, you can still locate the AFL Stings for $22 a week in the littlebirdie.live shop for all your AFL betting action. We'll take a quick break here on Friday Lines. We'll be back after the break with Top Rope. Welcome back to Friday Lines, brought to you by topsport.com.au. Family owned and operated for 35 years. Bet with a bookie you can trust. Bet with topsport.com.au. Time for Rugby League with Top Rope. Look, just happy to be on here. I uh, thought this might be the old uh, David Letterman getting bumped, but uh, here we are. Talk with Rugby League. First game of the round, the Bunnies versus the Roosters, uh, Friday 8.05 at a core stadium. Uh, the Rabbitohs two forty, Roosters a dollar sixty. Uh, the line three and a half over and under thirty seven point five. What's your uh, what's your view here? Yeah, best of the week, the Bunnies. Uh, particularly if you can get the four, which has been out there. So uh, 
you definitely want to snap that up if there is any still there. Uh, Sass with a good record against the Roosters, won five of the last seven, the last three by double digits, posted 54 in two of those wins. Not going to do that tonight, but they play the Roosters well. This match is going to be fiery. Last time they met, Latrell Mitchell broke Joey Manu's jaw. The Roosters were stalking the sidelines, wanting to get Latrell. Plenty of anger there, so it's a pretty hard game. Sass have a great record as an underdog. They go very well at ANZ. Uh, of course, Stadium, I should say, these days. Uh, Roosters struggle at the ground. Covered just 5 and 15 off a double-digit win. Uh, all in South Sydney tonight, which you'll be pleased to hear about over. We need it. <laughs> Top rope, we need it. Zero and two. Uh, we definitely need to get on the winner's list. Uh, we go ahead to Melbourne Storm versus Parramatta. Uh, Saturday night, 5.30 down here at Amy. Uh, Storm, $1.48. Parramatta, $2.70. Uh, line minus 5.5, over and under 38.5. Uh, the Eels did beat the Storm twice last year, so uh, any any hope for the uh, the Eels there? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. Wouldn't have thought so. Uh, don't really like the Eels at all this year. Storm have failed to cover their first two. Were particularly disappointing in that second half last week, uh, up 14 0 like they could have won by 40 in Bellamy's 500. Uh, Harry Grant has COVID. He's out, but expecting uh, show favourite Brandon Cheese Smith to, to make a comeback. He's been training this week, so... Just has to pass clearances on Saturday morning. We expect him to play. Storm absolutely love this spot. They've covered 10 of 15 off a bad attacking performance where they scored 16 or fewer. 28 of 44 off conceding 14 or fewer. Eels, they have covered just three of their last 11 when an underdog of four and a half or more. So uh, Eels, they flog teams they should. They get beaten easily by teams that they should lose to. Expecting the Storm to be much closer to the best. And then the derby up in Queensland, the Broncos versus North Queensland, 4.05 on Sunday at Suncorp. The Broncos, $1.52. North Queensland Cowboys, two sixty. The Lions, minus 5.5. Over and under 38.5. Anything uh, anything jumping out at you there, top rope? Yeah, warming into the Broncos as the kind of week goes on. Uh, Broncos have a good record against Cowboys. They hit Suncorp, one out of the last nine. Uh, they've been impressive. They've won both games. Haven't had a lot to beat, but you know, I think the Cowboys are the wooden spoons this year, so they've got uh, not much to beat this way here. The Cowboys won just two, so covered just two of their last 13 away from home. So uh, Adam Reynolds is obviously the star player in this. He gives uh, the uh, Broncos much more direction than the Cowboys will be getting from from their new half pairing. So, uh, yeah, Brisbane, I think, can, can win this relatively comfortably. And anything else for the other uh, other games for the round, mate? Uh, anything else jump out of you? Yeah, uh, a couple of quick ones. Uh, I think the Tigers are getting Aston Bay plus three and a half uh, tonight in the early game against the Warriors. Uh, and the early Saturday game down in Bathurst, I will be attending, which will be great first NRL in-person game of the season. Uh, Knights have been off the map 13 and a half into eight on the back of news that Nathan Cleary won't play, and they've lost uh, three other starters. So injury ravage there, Penrith. Uh, Knights, I reckon, uh, are a good bet. Calum Pong has been named, will play. Uh, I'd want to be on the under, and I'd want to be on the plus. And premiership market, Penrith and the Storm still dominating the uh, the top end of the market? Uh, I'd be looking at getting on uh, probably the Storm around this time. If you're back in anyone, you can leave me out of Penrith. Uh, I think the Roosters uh, are also... Probably a bit of value, and I think it's probably three teams that could win it. And yeah, if if it's a bad loss for the Roosters, not they might drift half a point or point this week. So uh, probably not a time to jump on now, but I'll uh, be looking around there. Those two teams. 
Well, thank you, Top Rope. Next week we'll uh, we'll rein back the AFL chat. I think we've uh, we're under strict instructions just to to whip through the AFL a bit quicker next week. So uh, thanks for your time, punters. You can locate uh, GGOA, the greatest game of all, for twenty dollars a week in the LittleBirdie.live shop for all your NRL betting action. That's a wrap for this week's Friday Lions. Thanks, MG. Thanks, Top Rope. Follow us on YouTube. Find us in the Apple Store, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow Little Birdie. Follow at Little Birdie uh, TV on Insta and the Twitter. Uh, remember, all your footy betting action can be found at topsport.com.au. I'll hopefully be back next week. <laughs> Scooty's not jumping back in here. Don't forget to join uh, Nicoletta on Monday for the first look with all your weekend action and review. But uh, MG and Top Rope, uh, happy punting. Happy punting.